see is such a massive number whose value remains constant. A small amount of mass multiplied by C can transform into a disproportionately massive amount of energy. Pupin Hall would also be an investment in the application of Werner Heisenberg's recently introduced uncertainty principle, which argues that both the position and velocity of an atomic particle cannot be precisely measured at the same time. The more an observer knows about the particle's position, the less he knows about its velocity, and vice versa, and the observation itself affects the particle's location or speed. We cannot know, as a matter of principle, the present in all its details, Heisenberg wrote in 1927, packaging quantum mechanics into a neat maxim. Quantum mechanics is the study of the universe's smallest parts, atoms, the basic component of an element, and the protons, electrons, and neutrons inside, the invisible whirling ingredients of all things. By the time Seelig became a full professor in 1928, he was the sovereign of the physics building's 13th floor, with an expansive lab and views of the southern sweep of Manhattan and sunsets over the Hudson River. During the next decade, Pupin Hall welcomed younger academic stars whose expertise was the atom. These scientists, shaggy and eccentric, were known in academia as long hairs. Selig Hecht wasn't a long hair. His black hair was short, wiry, and wavy, and would later turn steel-colored. He kept his mustache trimmed to his upper lip. He wore woolen three-piece suits with a white handkerchief peeking from his jacket pocket. Tea was served every afternoon in his lab, which became a salon for lively discussions of art, music, literature, and politics. He was known for drawing diagrams at lightning speed on his blackboards while providing a running commentary that was as clear as it was fast. One evening a week, Selig hosted students, faculty, and other peers at his apartment on Claremont Avenue. Near Selig's own vibrant watercolor paintings, in a dining room of dark oak wainscoting, they would discuss books like The Logic of Modern Physics by P.W. Bridgman. In his first chapter, Bridgman asked bracing questions that enliven cocktail hours shared by men of science. Why does time flow? Why does nature obey laws? Are there parts of nature forever beyond our detection? Was there ever a time when matter did not exist? May time have a beginning or an end? Selig salons were typical of Bohemian Manhattan in the first decades of the 20th century. The Great Depression, its pall blanketing the city in the year after Selig became a full professor, transformed such academic discussions into social engagement and activism. By 1930, the Lower East Side, Selig's childhood neighborhood, had devolved into a festering slum with 50 bread lines serving 50,000 meals a day. By 1932, half the city's factories were closed, one-third of the population was unemployed, and the plight of the worker was a favorite cause of progressive New Yorkers. Selig and other professors signed a protest that year against the state of Kentucky's mistreatment of industrial workers. In January 1935, Selig published an essay in Harper's Monthly Magazine titled The Uncertainty Principle in Human Behavior, in which he suggested that Heisenberg's work had opened physics to philosophy. Heisenberg apparently destroyed the pure and inevitable relations of cause and effect, Selig wrote. The German physicist had discovered a natural limit to knowledge, and that there is a distinct limit to the total precision with which such an event may be described.
Uncertainty frees biological behavior from predetermination, allowing for the existence of free will, which in turn imbues mankind with godlike powers. Despite this feeling of freedom, Selig wrote, humans are still guided by an unseen hand. To his own mind, the behavior of a man seems to be free and of his own choosing, and all the accumulated moralities of the world exhort him to choose the good and to act righteously on an assumption that he is capable of free choice and action. If free will means that we can choose our good behavior and be rewarded for it, it means also that we can choose our evil behavior and be punished for it. All behavior is determined by the complicated series of conditions and circumstances which enter into the composition of an event. Selig, by applying an atomic principle to the wider world, arrived at a social dictum. Man must act as if he were free to choose. While